please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, American Made Spoiler App. You've, you've earned it. You've earned it. Uh, you find Patronis. Um, so, spoiler apps are when Chris and I get into the heavy details. I don't know why I'm yes. going into like, it's like... <laughs> Everyone take a knee. Everyone take a knee. Um, it's not a divorce. It's a trial separation. No, uh, so spoiler, we're going to go into, if you've never listened to a spoiler app, uh, we're going to get into all the details, including the ending and uh, key elements of the Tom Cruise movie, American Made. There's a lot to talk about in this movie because it's based on a real guy. Mm-hmm. Who? Th- so the end of the movie, he's murdered. Let's go start with the yeah, end of the movie. Yeah. He's murdered. Yeah. Which comes as no surprise they, to anyone. Well, they do this weird thing in the film. They start, there's some voiceover, but then they show these videotapes and they're date stamped as old half inch VHS video was. There's this big date. It said like December 20th, 1985. Right. And then it goes into 86 and he keeps. Kept some records. He kept some records and he's like, oh, this is what happened. And then they would date stamp like TWA 1977. And then it would say like the drug cartel 1978 or the CIA 1980 or whatever the thing was. Um, so he's murdered. And you're like, of course he is. There's no way this guy. Well, what I found fascinating was that, uh, you know, like, uh, and this was might have even been part of the character they were trying to portray. Like, he didn't even act like he was in that much danger. Like, he would change. He would live in hotels and kind of change hotels periodically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are drug cartels coming after you. You got to go into like FBI witness protection to be any semblance of safe. Instead, he gets convicted in his local area, and he's doing community service and kind of living in and out of hotels. Like, boy, he's he's going to be really hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and the photo here, I went to Wikipedia of the actual Barry Seal is, um, boy, he's not as good looking as Tom Cruise. Really? Are <laughs> yeah. you sure? I'm, it's it's yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise didn't put on some prosthetics to look more mm, like the uh, real guy. No, no. Mm. Um, so he. Uh, his criminal charge was conspiracy to smuggle narcotics. And uh, he was murdered on February 19th um, by uh, contract killers, February 19th, 1986, by uh, Pablo Escobar, head of the Medellin cartel. Mm. Which goes to the thing that we talked about of the in the regular episode of these guys weren't ominous enough. No, no, At they were. They, they were just like you. They were. They, they were like frat guys. They were, that, they were selling <laughs> drugs. That's really what it felt. Yeah, like. Yeah, that just had a weed business right. out of the back of their vans yeah. or something like that. Hey, man, don't worry about it. It's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that scene where. The runway isn't long enough. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the runway, when they first want to hire Barry Seal, there's all these grave markers of all the pilots who've died. And he's right. like, can you lengthen the runway? You know, and they're like, no. And they're like, you're going to die. And then they just bet on him. If he's going to survive. If he's going to survive it or not. And I was like, 
there's millions of dollars of cocaine. Right. They're I, just like, ha ha, that's going to go up in smoke maybe? Yeah, I don't think they want to see it fertilize the trees. No, <laughs> no. If this guy crashes, he's costing them a lot of money. Right. Which is the only thing these guys care about. The other right. thing too is like, the depiction of Pablo Escobar in other projects. Right. He's fucking scary, as yes. well he should be. Like in Narcos. Like in Narcos, he's terrifying. And when people first meet him, they fucking are shaking. Now, granted, they're saying this is the early days before Pablo became, like, the man. Right. But in the late 70s. But still, dude, like, even the way he's depicted in Blow. Remember the way he's depicted mm. in Blow? His first introduction to him, you see him get a kill a guy. And he says, I don't like have problems. See what I do with problems? And he points to the dead guy. He's like, so if we have problems, you're dead. Well, also, too, as a character trait, usually those character traits, they don't suddenly appear when you're older. <laughs> like, generally, there's like, it's like a serial killer who, you know, opens up a rabbit. You know, the, yeah. the, you will see signs of that in their younger years. When he started as a young whatever. Mm -hmm. He, drug, young drug kingpin. Young drug, you walk up. There's only one way to get up that ladder. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not with handshakes and you no. know what I mean? It's like the Star Trek Mirror Mirror episode. Yes. It's, uh, you know, you kill your commanding officer. We all move up in we rank. We all move up in rank. Um, so that was the thing, you know, the, the way I will say this, that I thought was this was a really cool effect that Doug Lyman did. Mm-hmm. He's talking on the video screen about, oh, I'm on the run. Right. And then you see him in the car, and then the gun guys walk up, and you just hear, right? right? right. Mm -hmm. And then they do that weird old-school video fade. Like, that was an effect that Doug Lyman did from the opening credits. Right. Like, the production companies, he made the production companies use logos from, like, the, early, the late 70s right. or early 80s. And so and he, he uh, lower resed, he derezzed everything. Yeah, he derezzed mm -hmm. everything. So then when you see Barry Seal's face sort of digitally phase out, mm -hmm. like when video goes bad. It's not de down res. Down res or whatever. <laughs> um, I thought that was a cool effect of he's dead. Mm -hmm. And Like the tracking went out? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, VHS, exactly. Yeah. Like VHS. Uh -huh. So, mm -hmm. um, so. And then they, they gave you all of the stats at the end of the movie. His wife, they never touched his wife. She got to live. And, right. And mm -hmm. they showed you like where each person ended up. And then the Schaefer was played by Domhnall Gleeson was like, I got an idea. Let's involve Iran. You right. Know? And then they yeah. show like the C-SPAN trial of like the Iran-Contra right. hearings. And then it, it said at the end, too, he, gets, he got a promotion for all of his great ideas. Uh, now, one thing it, that didn't get touched on was did the family go into FBI witness protection or where did they just move? So none of that really, uh, uh, you didn't see that much in the, in the film. You know, I feel like they, the assassination, um, uh, Contract killing was a lot harder back then. You needed a Thomas guide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, let me read you some stuff and th that they didn't go into about okay. about oh, Barry Seal. Barry Seal, and this go this some of this goes to the point that we were making in the regular episode of. And again, we both liked the movie. I mean, yeah. it was fun. Mm -hmm. How it was almost a little too light, right? Mm -hmm. A little too wacky hijinks. Mm -hmm. Here's one of the things um, that they went into. Edge of Tomorrow was more serious. <laughs> yeah, 
1961, SEAL enlisted in the Louisiana National Guard for six years, serving with the 20th Special Forces Group. He graduated from United States Army Airborne School. Oh, that was never. That was never. Uh, That's a pretty serious yeah. school. That's yeah. not a like. Um, That's not TWA flight school. No, but never completed United States Army Special Forces selection and training. Uh, SEAL later served with the 24th Engineer Battalion with an MOS of being a radio telephone operator. Right. All the stuff that apparently that they said in the movie about him being with TWA, the youngest pilot, that was like that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing of the backstory of how he got there. Well, here's the other thing. SEAL's career at TWA ended in July 72 when he was arrested for involvement in a conspiracy to smuggle a shipment of plastic explosives to Mexico using a DC-4. Okay. Wow. In the movie, it was cigars. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was transporting cigars and to like bellhops or something right. like that mm-hmm. in Vancouver. And that's when- That's very different. Mm, little different. Mm-hmm. Little different. Um. The case was eventually dismissed in 1974 for prosecution, uh, pr- uh, prosecutorial misconduct, CIA. Yeah, but I was going to say. Hmm. In the meantime, how did that? How did they make that go away? Yeah, they fired Seal, who had falsely taken medical leave to participate in the scheme. Well, now this is a uh, a great example of uh, a movie that got Hollywooded up. You know, the key word and based on a true story is based. Based. Uh, because if you would have said at the beginning that he was um, transporting explosives, you immediately lose empathy for that character. I'm like, well, he's he's a criminal who doesn't care. Who Special Forces up. guy. He just yeah. was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. And he was into some shady shit way before. Now, cigars, you're like, oh, well, it's just cigars. It's fun. He, he's, he seems like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fun-loving dude, and he got mixed up with some bad folks. Yeah. Um, so... So that some narrative dramatic some narrative license. dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I, when we were talking about, because I've just I'm just reading this now as we're doing the spoiler rep. So I did not read this before the regular episode. That's the now I'm now I I understand what my gut was telling me, mm-hmm. which was I wanted to hear more of this type of stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no way just fun loving guy, beautiful wife, TWA pilot. Got mixed up with the CIA. Oh, whoops. The CIA yeah. came in and tricked him. <laughs> because like, of cigars. No. No, 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 no. They, they clearly had his eye. They had their eye on him for a little while. According to statements Seal later made after he became a DIA informant, he began smuggling small co- quantities of marijuana in 1976. They oh, never talk no. about that. Mm-mm. He's just like, I'm flying for taking photos for the CFA, CIA. And then mm-hmm. CIA guy, he goes, I need money. He goes, well, you'll figure it out. Oh, right. I guess I better transport yeah, cocaine. Right. I guess I will. They skipped over uh, plastic explosives and weed. Right. <laughs> By 78, however, he had begun flying significant loads of cocaine because pound for pound it was more profitable to carry coke than weed. In 79... Isn't that still true today? Yep. <laughs> Seal was arrested in Honduras after a trip that he was returning from, a drug smuggling trip to Ecuador. Although the Honduran police did not find any cocaine, they did find an M1 rifle, and Seal was imprisoned in July of 1980. Undeterred by his arrest, Seal expanded his operations. On his return to the United States, he hired William Bottoms, his ex-brother-in-law, as a pilot, and from 80 on, Bottoms was the main pilot in Seal smuggling when Seal oversaw planning and operations. He's later delegating. Huh? He's delegating. He's delegating. He's delegating, cool. sure. That's what a good business person does. Yeah. Seal later began working for the Medellin cartel as a pilot and drug smuggler. He transported numerous shipments of cocaine from Colombia and Panama to the United States and earned as much as $500,000 per flight. Um, 
After successful runs at his home base in Louisiana, he moved operations to Mena International Municipal Airport, which they they did that in Mena, Arkansas. There he bought, sold, and operated many planes. That was fairly accurate. Um, so... Now, the other thing, too, is like, you remember that scene in the movie where the CIA says, uh, <coughs> all this is yours. It's like this house, the land between here and the runway, the airport, you know, everything is now yours. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, obviously there's not a lot of CIA talk in this Wikipedia thing because the CIA controls the internet. Um, <laughs> but no, that's not true. It's the NSA. That's right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got my wrong A's mixed up. But so, yeah, I mean, all that stuff was interesting. I, I really, again, it's a fun, entertaining movie, but I'd like to Maybe see. Maybe that's why little... our stats went down. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. That's yeah. what NSA throttling. Yeah. Well, that's what YouTube does. They demonetize the uh, videos that talk too much about war and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen on the political mm-hmm. vigilante. So that's how they, that's how they, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Censor. Yep. Um, <laughs> so this, uh, so apparently, according to the reality, he was working for the DEA for a while. That's the other thing. But now as an informant. As an informant. So they mm-hmm. made this seem like in the movie he was all CIA guys and then right. just jumped on board with the DAA in the, in the end. Mm-hmm. Which I don't have any gripes with that because the CIA is not going to tell anyone what really what he was really doing or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. um, because the CIA was, was doing all this Iran-Contra shit. You know? Right, right. Uh, one of my favorite scenes too was what, when they um, like, oh no, we're going to bring the uh, we're going to bring the Contras here to the U.S. to train, and then when they brought them there, like half of them just disappeared. Yeah, they just, they just, they just ran away. <laughs> Nobody thought they were going to just yeah. go. Oh, I'm out of here. Only only uh, half of them made it back. Yeah. to <laughs> to Central America. <laughs> and then like, where did the guns go? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, a lot of that stuff was accurate. Right. Like, <clears throat> we're going to dealing with Noriega and in Panama and everything in Medellin. And so that was, um, that was pretty interesting, but I, I did like, I guess I, so I, I, I just can't, I can't talk about this movie without comparing it to Narcos, but the CIA guy in Narcos is what you would imagine a CIA guy to be. Mm -hmm. Always just sort of shows up, happens to be involved with everything. Well, just knows, What's going on? Who knows what's going on? And never uses his real name. No, <laughs> those guys are weird. Mm-hmm. I remember being in Afghanistan the very first time, and we were at this small base um, in the south. And I was—I had my little Sony Handycam. Mm-hmm. That's what I shot Afghanistan on. On uh, that had the, di- the mini DV tapes. Right. And I was going around just shooting. We were like stuck at this base, and I was just shooting mm-hmm. stuff around this base. And, and you picked up a shadow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I started talking to this guy, and as I'm talking to this guy, this dude starts walking up, and he's 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 like, "What are you doing? Talking to questions?" I immediately put the camera. Down. I go, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just a comedian with the USO. I'm just I'm just asking questions." He goes, "You can't ask me questions. What are you doing?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, sorry." Then. That guy just happened to be on our helicopter back to the bigger base, Kandahar. <laughs> now, we're on a Black Hawk helicopter with the doors open. We're all strapped mm-hmm. in. And mm-hmm. there's me, the other comic. Your uh, strap gets a little looser. No, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, um, and then there's there's uh, there's a couple other people that are military, but they I can tell they're like, 
behind the desk military and right. they've never been on a Blackhawk either. Mm-hmm. And so we're all taking pictures out of the window. And I'm taking pictures on like the right side of the aircraft and I'm holding my thing and I'm trying to get some way over on the left side. The CIA guy, I'm assuming he's CIA, I don't mm-hmm. know for sure, but he's on the other side of the plane and he, it's super loud, you've got earplugs in, and he like motions like, oh, do you want me to hold your camera? I'll take pictures out this side of the window. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. Because <laughs> <laughs> that thing, oh, fumble, oh, boy, yeah. doink, doink, oh, there goes the camera. Butterfingers. And I was like, no, I'm okay. Mm, your movie would have been shorter. That Either that night or the next night I'm on stage. Who's out in the audience? <laughs> your new friend. My new pal. <laughs> um, if he's listening, thank you so much. Um, he's I'm, a huge fan. He's a huge yeah. fan. Um, all your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he just wanted a signed CD. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. He was like, uh, yeah. He's like, do the, uh, do the Disneyland bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talk about Blood Diamonds. <laughs> He was the one who inspired me to start doing Palm Strike. Um, So, yeah. So my point is, I don't know. I'm not in the military. But when I would come in contact with these, like, special forces-y guys, they wouldn't have name tags on. Well, they wouldn't have uniforms on either, right? Some of them would be dressed in civilian clothes. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like uh, Josh Brolin and Sicario. Yeah, Mm -hmm. guys like that. They all had, a lot of them had beards. And you could tell they would go out in public dressed like locals. Mm -hmm. And... So, the Domino Gleason, he's in the office, but he's also like sort of a field agent too, apparently, in this. So, it's like, yes. I don't know. There was just stuff in well, there. He was a handler. He was a handler. So, you felt mm-hmm. like uh, it was, I liked, he's a good actor and he was, right. he's interesting and it was his report, he's funny and stuff. But, like, and you can, and what I love too is, is like, um, Tom Cruise in one of the tapes too. Maybe I should ask more questions. And uh, like, like you know, he took the CIA agent at his word, but ultimately, it came down to money. Like all the money that right. was being thrown at him uh, eliminated a lot of questions that he might have or possibly should have asked. But uh, you know, it, it's when you make a deal, you know, with the, <laughs> when you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. I mean, that's the that's the right. whole thing. Is like he's making deals with all these shady people from. Uh, a CIA handler to drug cartels. It's like it, he seems oblivious to what the consequences may be, which, which is, w- like I said, was a choice in the movie for sure. It always made him seem like you know this is all going great, everything's in control. When ultimately he was being used by all the different sides, and uh, there was one great scene where you know all everyone kind of arrests him at once, and he's like, "Well, I'll give you all Cadillacs. I'm going to walk out of here." And sure enough, that's what happened because ultimately. He's not done being used yet, uh-huh. and uh, uh, but he thinks it's the best thing in the world that he's just you know he's he's walking out. But ultimately, and that's the structure of the film is you don't see the price getting paid until the very end. Right, like you you would think maybe there'd be a few more hiccups along the way, like uh, what's going on. But ultimately, this movie was a rise and fall, very specifically. A uh, a slow rise, the rise, 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 fall. Like there weren't peaks and valleys into this guy's life, which I'm sure happened in real life. Right. But movie structure wise, there wasn't. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, reading this, let me let me read about the assassination. The, sure. Um, 
the Colombian assassins were sent by the Medellin cartel were apprehended while trying to leave Louisiana soon after Seal's murder. Oh, really? Yeah. Authorities thus concluded Seal's murderers were hired by Ochoa. The killers were indicted by a state grand jury on March 27th, 86, and in May 87, uh, the two men die. Uh, the two men got life in prison. One of them died in custody in 2015, um, and they were the three guys actually were convicted of, of murder and Seal's death. Um, so this is I didn't realize they caught the killers. Yeah. Uh, on March 16th, 1986, one month after Seal's death, President Reagan sought to bolster congressional support for the Contras by showing on television one of the photographs Seal had taken. He suggested that a top-ranking Sandinista official was involved in drug smuggling. They did that out of order in the movie. Right. In the movie, that photo is what gets Seal killed. Yes. Uh-huh. So you see them, that's very that's the photo, and he's like, Because oh, Seal's in the photo. Seal's in the photo. That's what gets him killed. Whereas... In real life, they Reagan used the photo after Seal was killed. Right. Um, DEA officials in Washington denied uh, this claim um, a few days later, uh, pointing out that Nick Rogan was a local fixer. Yeah, 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 right. Ugh. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So, again... When Hollywood, when they Hollywood stuff up, I think they always make it a little less interesting. You know? Right. Again, fun, entertaining movie, but I would have rather heard this. I mean, the interaction with his, I mean, a lot I of- think, I, th- I think, Graham, there is a, um, a fear in Hollywood, an old school Hollywood, not, not in like, you know, the, the new Hollywood, but like of, oh, well, this is what audience wanted to see. They don't want it more complicated. They don't want, you know, really what happened. And, and ultimately, that's not true because we see it in all the successful TV programming that we see. Like, you know, th- that, that fear needs to be gotten over. Like, like you're saying, I, this is interesting stuff I would have liked to have seen in the film. To play devil's advocate just for a second, I'm sure the argument is made, well, look, Narcos has eight or ten episodes to play all of these storylines right. out. So we mm-hmm. have to condense them into an hour and 50 minutes or whatever. Right. Which There's is, definitely that. There, that sure. is, And that's a legitimate thing in yes. terms of storytelling. But I agree with you, too, that like I think they they then just take the easy way out. Yes. And they go, well, you just got to hit these old school Hollywood plot points. Right. This movie felt like the path of least resistance. Right. The way it was structured. And it's it's, you know, Aaron brings up Sicario. That movie is so dense and so complex, and it's great. You know what I mean? They didn't just scrub it down Hollywood style and just go boom, 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 plot point, plot point. They put, and you walk away from that movie going, God, this is such a complicated issue. Because it is. Right. It's not just, oh, we tricked some cigar smuggler. Structurally, I really felt like, you know, Sicario, the one thing that I I had a problem with actually was the script. I felt like. Um, it was like the first act of a larger movie. That's really what it felt like to me. Like there was all the setup, but that was intentional. Now, uh, it's interesting, Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the script, Mm -hmm. um, Hell or High Water, I thought was such a much more interesting and better crafted screenplay. Uh, But I think, you know, Sicario was still a very interesting watch for sure because it had great performances, great uh, characters. I just, structurally, I didn't like it as much as uh, Hell or High Water. So let me see this. Um, this is what actually revealed Seal's involvement, mm-hmm. the real story. So a report in July 17th, 84 issue of Washington Times 
linked officials in the Sandinista government. Wait, is to- that a newspaper? Yes, that is. A, <laughs> it's a foldy, crinkle up hmm. one. Um, oh, a relic. Linked officials in the Sandinista government to the Medellin cartel and discussed SEAL's mission to Nicaragua. The public disclosures jeopardized SEAL's life and quickly brought an end to the sting operation designed to capture the cartel's leaders. Question about the identity of the source. Jacobson replied, I heard that the leak came from an aide in the White House. He stated that Iran-Contra figure Oliver North had attended two meetings on the sting operation and, and motivation to release the information. So that's what they did. In the movie, they combined the two things. Because remember when the photo showed up on TV in the movie, he yes. goes, North fucked us. Right. Uh-huh. So North did, but it wasn't with that photo because the photo wasn't right. released till a month after he died. Right. Was assassinated. Um, that's so fascinating. Now, see, that thing I get. Mm-hmm. Those are two lengthy storylines. Yes. Yeah, that I, needed to be condensed. I, I understand why you condensed that. Mm-hmm. Um I want to ask you this. What did you think about the relationship with him and his wife? I know you've expressed the, the age gap. Yes. But like, <laughs> how much of that, I mean, like, what? You know what? It's interesting. I actually, um, I still bought it because for a couple of different reasons. One of them was that, uh, um, you know, he was a pilot. He was gone a lot. And when he came home, um, you know, especially after, like, you know, him losing the job at TWA, uh, them having to move in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden the the suspicion, and then she was like, "We can't live here. We can't live here. You know, I can't. I need a new fridge and whatever." And then he starts throwing money around into the uh, like, "All right, there's your new fridge." Yeah, there's, there's all these holes. Like, there's yeah. no, there's no dishwasher. Yeah. And he just starts throwing money, and I I saw kind of like that turn, and I it, it reminded me of someone being like a mob wife, where right. you actually. You know, you know there's something shady going on, but you ultimately you turn the other way because you this money will benefit you and your family. So, so I, you lie to yourself. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like you know Tony Soprano's wife. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so Carmen. So I I bought it. I really I felt like that seemed that believable to me. And the thing I like too that I did believe is he's like, "Do you trust me?" And she goes, "No." Right? You're, yeah. you're a fucking yeah. And that a, question came up more than once. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. a shifty cat. And what mm-hmm. am I supposed to do? At least she says, "What am I supposed to go back and work at the Kentucky Fried Chicken?" Right. Exactly. And she threatens it, to do it. She threatens to do it, and she's like trying to be the good wife. You know, mm-hmm. it's the '70s or whatever. What am I supposed to do here? And then when he does throw the money around, I and that was a great scene because then. You see, she does enjoy the the life and the riches right. and the nice house, and, and you it, see that house that was a shack get completely transformed. Yes. So you know that had to have a contractor there for about th- once a day for three years. Right. That's the you know there's then they had to like a pool and you know all this landscaping and everything, everything that you would need a r- rather large sum of money to do all those improvements. Yeah, and so she made that decision. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll- I'll look the other way. I'll let this slide. You know, there's bags of money everywhere. My kids are never going to go hungry. Mm -hmm. And doesn't want to tell herself the reality of, oh, we could die. Like, Right. But I think, now it sounds like. And ultimately he reassures her. Oh, no, we're safe. It's like, you know, I'm working for the CIA. It's it's all, it's on, it's above board. Right, right. It's on the up and up. Sure, what could the CIA. (laughs) I'm a patriot. Yeah. But I think too, and in, in, in this in this Wikipedia, you know, he talks about his his ex brother in law. It sounds like he was divorced a while ago. That's sort of my. That's the other thing. While I like how they played out the the relationship, again, I was wondering, 
this feels Hollywood that right. oh he's got to have a wife and we need a beautiful actress in there yes mm-hmm. and you know I felt like something Tom Cruise said old school Hollywood got to have yeah. an actress even though the real Barry like most women would be like what you got you got fired for smuggling a bomb what did fucking come yeah. out of here yeah. you're out of your mind you know yeah. um, so. Uh, that I was like, where's oh, this relationship yeah, going? Exactly, <laughs> you know. And so they're like, oh, that felt like more Hollywood. Well, why would she stay? Oh, give them kids. They'll have a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. So that's why he wants to stay. I don't know if I can't see on this if he has any actual, you know, if he had real kids or not. Like it doesn't, it doesn't talk about that. Um, it just goes into his early life and and mm-hmm. and everything. You know, he was 40, uh, 46 years old when he was killed. Um, so. He was younger than Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was younger than Tom Cruise. You know, and they just talk about his brother-in-law. They don't talk about his being married or not. So that felt like one of those Hollywood things, like, we got to have a love interest. You know, just like... <laughs> well, didn't they uh, Didn't they show... His brother-in-law was the fuck-up, right? Yeah. They showed uh, They showed him, and he was one of the ones that started getting him in trouble. Right. And in, the, in real life, his brother-in-law was one of the pilots. Okay. You know, so it, it really, his his brother-in-law, uh, William Bottoms, he hired his ex-brother-in-law as a pilot. And from 1980 on, Bottoms was the main pilot in SEAL smuggling. So the brother-in-law of the movie is just a fucking idiot. He's like right. a 19-year-old dipshit, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not a pilot. Right. So. He can barely clean the hangar. Yeah, and it was sort of like, the minute they introduced him, it was very obvious Oh, this kid's gonna fuck up and attract yes. attention. Yeah, that was that was clear from frame one when he appeared. And that's a Hollywood trope. That's a Hollywood right. beat. You know, like this guy's gonna cause you trouble, guy, buddy's family. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. like that's not what caused him trouble. It was mm-hmm. very convoluted. He's yeah. mixed up with all these, you know, Oliver North and the DEA and CIA and the Medellines. Right. Like, come on. Um, there's plenty of trouble to go around. There's plenty of trouble. Yeah. You don't need, a, you don't need you don't Gilligan need a, right. to come in yeah. there. I hate the Gilligan plot device. Right. It drives me insane. Yeah. It's like, you just let the real shit tell you what happened. Right. You know? Yeah, there's plenty of crazy shit happening. Yeah, there's no Gilligan in, in Sicario. Right. Who's like, boink, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know who was coming across the border at Juarez. You yeah. know, like... <laughs> Um, now let me get in my hammock. Yeah, I just felt like I was going to play video games when you told me to go radio silence. You know, right. like, <laughs> oh, little bunny. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, you brought your cell phone. Oh, I told you not to turn that on, but I need to call my friends, you know. And text where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm Facebook living. Is that yeah. a problem? <laughs> so I know we always pick the, like, even I know on the spoiler apps, we, we like movies we say we like, we pick them apart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. Is there anything else from any of it that stood out from you in the movie? No, I think we covered pretty much uh, everything. And like I said, you knew kind of what was coming. Um, I I liked the choice that Doug Liman made about kind of making him kind of oblivious to the danger that he was constantly in along, you know, along with um, the danger he put his family in. But what I didn't like as much is like the drug cartel being a bunch of frat boys. Mm -hmm. That one I think you could have found different ways to make that funny but also them a lot more menacing mm-hmm. you know and then at the end they're like oh he fucked us over now we have to kill him like right. now you guys are showing up to be dangerous i mean we should have seen that danger and that um basically psychopathic behavior from get the get-go i i think 
I, I, yeah, exactly. I think they could have walked that balance a little better because I believe that the real Barry still make it funny. Yeah, I believe that somewhere in the real Barry Seal's head was a, you know, denial. Right? <laughs> was it like, oh yes. man, I'm just flying. This will be yeah, fun, yeah. you know. I'm just the pilot. I'm just the pilot. Mm-hmm. So because anyone in the drug business has to be, you have to be going. You have to be in denial. Otherwise, you're just going to go, oh, I'm, we're all going to die. Right. Like, what, this is an awful life. You see where it's going. It's like, not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Everyone knows it's not going to end it's well. It's not like you can give two weeks notice either no. on, a, uh, on a drug cartel. So you have to be sort of like, well, I'm going to do cocaine and get laid and be nuts and get blown up, get my head blown off in one day. Yep. Woo! Yep. You know? <laughs> I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, I know we sort of tore this movie apart, but the I did like the planes equipped with all of the- Initial plane, he's like, man, that's the fastest plane out there. Right. It's got mm-hmm. all this cool camera equipment because um, mm-hmm. that's actually true. They they did yes they they did do that. The CIA did equip mm-hmm. his planes like that. So, um, I'd like to see a grittier version of like how corrupt this government really is, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and what the real drug war is about. Yeah. So it it was a fun light movie. It it's, is. You're not you're not going to see it uh, like on the Academy shortlist no. for sure. Um, but it, like I said, it wasn't you know it wasn't bad, and it certainly. Uh, Doug, I think Doug Lyman gets a lot of credit for that, keeping kind of keeping things um, moving and interesting. Uh, but it could have it could have used a little less, as we call it, Hollywood polish. Yeah. Aaron, you're th- are you going to see this movie now that we've ruined it for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, geez, you start off with the murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll still check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, do I need to see it in a big screen or? Is at home. Eh, you don't need a big screen. I don't think so. I yeah, mean, if yeah. you like, like I said in the regular episode, if you just want two hours of go to a movie theater escapism, this right. is a fine film for that. Yes, cool. Mm-hmm. But if you'd like, if going to the theaters is money and a hassle, then watch it at home when it comes out that way. Right. You know. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, there's certain movies you just have to see in a you know. Sure. Yeah. Big... This isn't one of them. No. Yeah. Okay. This isn't one of them. Cool. So. Um. Thanks, guys, and also want to thank our uh, patron, a yes. supporter at the $50 a month level, Fright- Frightfully Uninformed Podcast. We are a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out uh, horror movie fandom. Go to FrightfullyUninformed.com. Check that podcast out. They're supporting the show. You guys should support them. The $50 a month level Patreon, you get your business. We'll mention your business. We will indeed. You know, come on now. Get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our show, you guys. Go to LAPodFest.com for the podcast festival this weekend, October 6th through the 8th. I've got tour dates um, October 10th in San Francisco, 11th in, in St. Louis, and the 12th through the 14th in St. Charles, Illinois. That's all at GrahamElwood.com. So we will see you at LA PodFest. And it, it is, uh, and we also have the CFN Presents. Yes. We have a screening of uh, Killing Gunther. It's a really fun movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, an action comedy. And the director's going to be there. We're going to introduce the director. Yes. And- so mm-hmm. that's a cool little thing we're doing at PodFest, and mm-hmm. we're probably going to screen earbuds again. We just might. Oh, shit. You never know. <laughs> we might just screen it in your hotel room when you're sleeping. At three yeah. <laughs> it might actually be on demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually could watch it. I hope so. Um, the Biltmore is supposed to be haunted, so yes, it could just be an earbud screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to haunt that Biltmore with earbud screens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much, Aaron Brungart. For doing the uh, the digital business, yeah. <laughs> the D. Sounds, thanks for the DB. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, thanks everybody at All Things Comedy. My name is Graham Elwood, and I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. first.